Hi, everybody. Welcome to Selling Out with Dino Pataccio and Michael Casper. I'm Dino Pataccio. I'm Michael Casper, and it feels good to be back. We're doing this again. Yeah, we're sticking with it. We're Last actually committed this happened. time. happened. This week is happening. You know, it's happening again. We're committing to doing it two weeks in a row. Hopefully, you know, we... we follow through on our commitment to do this every week for the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know about all that. But we at didn't least we're say gonna... vows or anything. So That's true. I mean, I said vows. I don't know what you were doing. I was busy. Oh, were you? I was busy. I was busy being productive and oh, making being sure pro- that making sure that the show was ready. <laughs> preparing, redoing research on our guest, like all that crazy overworking stuff that mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. You were you were writing music for your <laughs> band. Uh, for those of you listening at home who aren't in the room with us, I was doing air quotes, even though he was literally writing music for his band. I, I yeah. yeah. I mean, and Michael was just saying a minute ago how every two white guys want to start a podcast, but they usually end up just doing one episode. But doing we're, doing episode we're doing episode number two. We're doing episode so two. Double the work. Double the work. And then um, maybe we'll do episode three. I mean, we're definitely going to do episode three next week. We have a guest lined up, but it's a secret. It is a secret. Not really. We're, we'll tell you at some point. Um. um but what were you up to this week, man? Oh, this week it was um, not much. It was pretty low key week. My mom and my brother stayed over here last night. They were in town. How was that? It, it was nice. Good to see them again. I haven't seen them in a few weeks. My brother was in Maryland. He was in Baltimore for a lacrosse tournament, uh, and they crashed here on their way back up so that they didn't have to split the you know six hour. So they could split the six hour drive into two. Um, to ch- chunks as opposed to just driving straight through, and plus they you know spend some time in the city and do that fun stuff, have a little mini vacation. Uh, what about you, man? Um, I uh, I had a pretty low key week. Um, yeah. the the band was over rehearsing at some point. We were at, we were able to get through a few new songs, which was fun. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I had about four or five new ones written that I uh-huh. was ready for them to get through, and we ended up. Taking the night, we rehearsed for like two or three hours and got through two of them, and nice. they're you know really um, media coming a thing, yeah, yeah. Um, so I like to consider them done, okay. um, and we'll we'll see. You know, we've got a show lined up in August, so um, so we're probably just kind them. of tweaking and reworking and doing all that stuff. But like, it feels pretty. Yeah, it feels solid. pretty solidified. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. there was one, there was one that I went in with that I was like, okay, I know exactly what I want this to be, and I just have to tell everybody what to do. And there was another one that I was like, I have no idea what I want this to be, and the band really took it and, and made it, built it from the ground up, and yeah, made no. it way better than it was. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 cool, cool stuff. I feel like we just were here. Like that's the crazy thing about doing the show is I feel like last week's episode happened like two days ago, but it's like it was a week ago. Yeah, this feels a little too yeah too um, soon. I just <laughs> it's like I just saw you, even though like we live together, so I see you every day. Yeah, but like no, it's crazy. It's good to be doing it. It's good to keep moving. It is good but to be it's back. Like, oh my god, a week's gone by, and I'm sure that like, don't you just wish that you were more interesting? And I mean that's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like I feel like ah oh, shit don't. Don't you wish that there was something better to say than, oh, I rehearsed with my band one night this well, week? You, okay, well, like, okay. what if I did something cool? You know what I mean? Last week we were talking about the pony and talking about, you know, Your we show, went on for like, a half listen, hour about, about who we. About, well, listen, well, last week you we also had to recap like our entire lives. This uh, is, we're yeah, recapping yeah. seven days. Uh, so, but also, most people don't have a band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most people, like, I rehearse with my band just in and itself is interesting <laughs> because it's like, oh, I don't do that. I'm an accountant. I love accountants. I love you. We don't know how to do <laughs> anything with money. 
and we would literally be homeless without you. That was not intended to be a dig. But not mo- most people don't have a band. I don't have a band. How's the movie coming? I meant the to movie, ask you oh, that. Oh, the movie's going well. I'm just, just keeping moving, more editing. It's, you know, unfortunately, the most of the movie making is done in the edit room. So it's by edit room, I mean my office. So it's, but unfortunately, that's the least interesting part of it to talk about because like pre-production it's just like a year of like anticipation and build up and planning and putting pieces together and oh I met with this person and the costume design and we're talking about this and we had a rehearsal and it's this whole thing and then you go into production and it's just like a super intense period of like we were driving everywhere and everybody came into town and it's this really interesting and exciting thing but this is just you know a few months of me sitting at my laptop at, you know, Adobe Premiere and meeting with, you know, a couple of the other producers and editors and, you know, sending some emails, getting some files transferred back and forth. But, you know, it's just you keep moving and moving and moving and moving, and then at some point you have a movie. So... How far are you, you think? How long? How much longer you think you're going to need to, like, actually edit it and have edit a final it. cut? I mean, I'll probably have, like, a rough cut of where you can actually sit down and watch the whole thing within a few weeks. But that's, like, from there you go through and you do all the nitpicking, like, trimming every little thing down. There, you know, you have to start then thinking about, like, music. So that'll be, like, just, yeah, you know, which is a whole (laughs) other process. This, uh, you know, so, like, in a few weeks, I'll have a version of it where you can sit down and watch all of the thing, all of the the film, and you can see. Ah, yes, these are all the scenes, and this is the order it's in, and this is funny, and this isn't quite there yet. Because a lot of because the, since the movie is a comedy, a lot of the timing of the comedic timing is done in the editing room. Right. So you can have great timing on set, but when you're cutting together different shots, different angles, different times, a lot of it can be you know is make or break in the editing room so right now we're not quite at that point yet it's really more just putting all the pieces in but then the really difficult part is going to be going in and like just tweaking the timing of the cuts just for the sake of a joke to make sure like is it funnier if we go to like person a says the joke and then person b reacts or if it's just a little bit of an awkward pause is that funnier you know and it's it's that's going to be another super, super tedious process that I'm not super looking forward to, but it's a thing that, you know, ultimately is going to make the movie good. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's just kind of worth it. Yeah, well, let me let me see some stuff. Okay. Um, well, when, when there's things to see, you will be the first person to <laughs> see it, I guarantee. <laughs> Great. Um, but yeah, look at us. Working on our stuff and yeah. spending time with our families. Yeah, I, I spent time with my family this week. Oh, uh, nice! Look at that. My my uh, my cousin Dominic and his girlfriend Malia uh, came into town on Friday night, and we did Old City and we bar hopped, and yeah, that was great. And then Saturday night, I went clubbing. Oh God! Which was a that was the second time because uh. I went last week too. My cousin Gigi turned twenty one last week, uh, and, and then you went out with her and a few of her friends again tonight or, la- or uh, the other night, the other and night. you bailed. I yeah yeah I was, you bailed. I'm sorry, I was sleepy, and I had, you were sleepy, and I had things to do, and I didn't want to go clubbing. Yeah, I get that. Uh, it was fun though. No, Honestly, I, I liked it. You know, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Okay, so you maybe know, I had imagined like you know you see clubbing in a movie or whatever and it's just this really loud house music and people all up each other's asses and you know there's no room to breathe and the line to the bar is 
you know, forever. I know. And we're um, both, you know. And you bro- show up and it's exactly that. that. But it's just yeah, not it was fun, in, though. But it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because it it's time. like, I feel like, you know, the two of us can fall into the habit of being two grumpy old men in the bodies of 21-year-olds. I mean. And. Yeah, I've kind of <laughs> been that since I was 12. Well, me too. Yeah. I came out of the womb at 40 and I've just <laughs> been like de-aging and now I feel like I'm actually 21. Um, That's why this works because sitting on the couch watching television and drinking wine is a night is a fun night I, for us. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not drinking wine. We're sitting and we're not sitting on the couch. We are sitting at our kitchen table drinking. Well, you're drinking coffee. I'm not drinking anything. But That's um, your fault. Okay. Um, um <laughs> But so doing a recording a podcast. Yeah. But no, I think I don't know. I think sometimes it's fun to feel 21. Yeah. When you're 21. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know Should if I I'm going to want to still one feel more time. Oh yeah. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Th- third time's a charm. Okay. Um but yeah, I don't know if feeling 21 is going to be great at 40, but no, it, it's okay right now. On, it feels I don't appropriate. Plan on doing that. I I'm planning on feeling 40 at 40. I'm I mean, I feel 40 at 21. Okay. So, so yeah, we're just going to stay the same for 20 just years. Things aren't going to change. Uh, yeah. All That'd right. Nice. Well, that's well, not true. Everything's going to change. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking Let's of not changing, talk about it. <laughs> speaking of everything changing, it's time for a transition into our next segment. Oh, look at that. I nailed it. Oh. Um, so this isn't an interview podcast. You've listened to us uh, banter back and forth for nine and a half nine minutes. and a half minutes. It's time to transition to the interview part. We have our special guest, Carly Spence, actress, extraordinaire, writer, everything, awesome person. Is here sitting at the table. What's going on, Carly? Uh, not too much. How about you guys? I've I've definitely enjoyed this nine and a half minutes of banter. You have? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm bad at doing banter, but I, I do like uh, partaking and like listening to some some good old fashioned banter. Some good old fashioned white guys. White guys. Okay. <laughs> white guy banter. Classic. I mean, it listen. It, listen. At least it's not um, like that, like award show banter. Oh. Where terrible. it's like you know, let's get two random celebrities, uh-huh. have them stand next to each other, and be like. Ah, you know, it really is hard being an actor. Isn't that right, <laughs> director friend? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's um, pretty That's the worst. This is at least a little less worse than Definitely. that. We're, we're not reading a script or a teleprompter. I wish we had a teleprompter. Wouldn't that be amazing if you had a if we like wrote the whole podcast out and then like projected <laughs> it onto the wall and then we like read and it's like plot twist it's all scripted i'm not even a real person i'm just a bunch of words plugged into the google translate you just hit english and then you hit speak they didn't get a guest this week that's all they're doing we got a fake actress we we recorded every actress we know put it into a software Uh and had like google make a uh, make and fake person for us, and I'm auditioning to be the next voice of Alexa. Or oh my god! If they make a her too, I think they oh should go yeah. with you instead of. But I'm just like Scarjo. my vocal fry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what do they call that? Uh, what do they call that? Uh, oh my god! What S- a- something MR? What's that? Oh ASMR. Uh, ASMR. Yeah. Yes. That that I feel like you'd be great yeah, at that. I think I would too. Like, whisper into the microphone. <laughs> It'd just be me drinking my LaCroix and yeah. like <laughs> And I'm just gonna like crink and I'm just gonna be like just crinkle like a piece of paper a piece of paper. ASMR. Oh my god. I don't I don't really get that appeal the appeal of that. I don't know. But like it's a huge market. Like there yeah. are people who like do it on YouTube and have like millions of subscribers yeah. and like okay. But you'd be like an ASMR girlfriend for people who yes. really need one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I could do that. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that is probably the movie her, but we'll pretend it's your idea. It <laughs> <is>. <laughs> 
Look, the future is now. The future is now. Her is now. My girlfriend is a phone. <laughs> and <laughs> my girlfriend is an OS. <laughs> an operating system. I uh, mean, I don't know. I feel like if if Scarlett Johansson were an operating system, I feel like more people would be in love with their operating systems. If Scarlett Johansson were my girlfriend, my life would be way better. Do you think? Yeah, of course I do. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Is that even a question? At this point, even after the whole, the whole rug and tug, she's trying to play. Yeah, she was trying to play a trans. Oh, guy. Man, I did hear about that. I why is she Asian always? Oh why does she? Oh, why is it always her who's doing things like that? I'm like, I really wanted to love her because, like, do you think I she's wanna, funny and smart? I, no, and I think like, she's a great it's actress. Time to and back then, away. right, and then sometimes she just like. Accepts these roles, I know, and I'm like, I'm you, like you know don't need better. the money. It's you one thing if it's like an up and coming actress, and like she's been given this opportunity, and right. like maybe she doesn't know any better. But it's like one, you've been called out on this before when you played an Asian person, right? When and was that? I'm sorry, I'm I'm Ghost in the Shell. They yeah. made an adaptation of the of the manga anime. Uh, okay, Ghost in the Shell, where it was like a robot. But that was the whole thing because like the character is supposed yeah. to be like a humanoid robot. But and so we don't think we don't think Scarlett's gonna pull a Sierra Bogus and well uh, she dropped back out. out right. She, no, and that's she, what yeah, I'm saying. Do we, is she gonna take more than one time for you to be told like, hey, hey don't, don't play this role if this is not because you. yeah, because every single time a cis actor yeah. gets cast in a trans role, every that's s- weird. Yeah, it's that's a it's weird and like just totally not anything like being ta- trans. Yeah, like, you're taking away. That role from like there are millions of uh, millions. <laughs> there are a lot of trans actors that like would like so many trans men could have been Pl- cast in that, in that role. role. So many Asian actors could have been cast. Yes, even if like you can argue with me that it like doesn't with the what's it called? The, the ghost, ghost in the shell yeah. where it's like she's a robot. So like it yeah, doesn't like, matter because it it's I'm a like, fake. Well, like I don't know. Like yeah. it could be nice to cast an Asian person in that part. Right, <laughs> right, and it's like one of those things where it's specifically with the the her playing the the trans part. Yeah. It's like. Oh really? She's playing. She, no, That's she got rug cast. Rugged yeah. She got cast to play a trans guy, in a movie, and because she wanted an Oscar. Yep. And like, it's just like Scarlett Johansson playing someone who's transitioning into being a guy just isn't. Because, like, you know, because people are going to, you know, will go online in comment sections and make the argument. It's like, well, I mean, like, if, if that's the artistic direction of the movie, then, like, that's what they should be allowed well, to do. And they shouldn't be... the a- artistic direction well, of the movie. Right. But, like, also, like, I'm granted none of us sitting at this table are trans actors. And, you know, like... We are allies. Right. <laughs> and, but that just isn't... I feel comfortable going on the internet and saying that, like, that's not an accurate representation of no, what that experience well, is no. like. It's and just so, it's right, it's just not. And also, like, it, if we keep casting, like, Eddie Redmayne did it, and I, oh, I had such a crush on him, but I'm like, buddy, no. Buddy, no, and Where he's like, great. I, you, I, know, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, But it's like, if you keep casting, like, a man as a trans woman. And then they go up on stage, you know, because you get someone like Jared Leto, yeah. who won, who um, played a trans woman in um, the Dallas Buyers yeah. Club, and then won an Oscar, you know, and it's like, granted, I didn't see the movie, so I can't comment on yeah. how good or bad the movie is or his his performance in it. But, like, okay, let's just say the movie was fantastic and he was amazing. And I mean, he won an Oscar for it. Yeah. And, you know, he's playing someone who's transitioning to become a woman and then goes on stage to accept his Oscar in, like, his Jesus hair and, like, yep. the big beard. It just kind of it furthers the narrative that, like, 
that trans, trans women, women are just men in a costume. costume. Right, yeah. and like that's not helpful for anybody. No, it isn't. Yeah. So, and you know, this doesn't feel subtle in the way that like casting Tilda Swinton in Doctor Strange. Well, even that was another whole was thing. Tilda. That was that was a whole thing. And but you know, but you know, there this feels for even further, further down the line <laughs> of not acceptable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, the Tilda Swinton thing—that was like, because like the reasoning and the all of that was a whole other can of worms as to why that happened. That like, ScarJo doing, accepting and then ultimately declining mm -hmm. that role really is just a matter of she wanted an Oscar, right? Yeah. You know, because you she do the won an Oscar before. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think you know, it, where it's just like, okay, you do the indie movie of like, oh, it's just like, you know, of like the dramatic part and then it comes out and it's really good and you do that and like, yeah, cool. If it's a good script and you want to, you want to use your star power to promote the movie and the writer right. and the director, That's but like, hard, but, still. but also and because the way a lot of these indie movies work is that it's so difficult to get financing for it yeah. that you end up spending the majority of your budget to get one famous person in it. Yeah. So you get some credibility and people then you get some attention it, and people yeah. actually will... Uh, we'll see it, but also, like, granted, this is a different time, a different thing, but, like, the the classic, you know, uh, Superman the movie, they wanted an unknown actor to play yeah. Superman, so they cast Marlon Brando to play Superman's father, yes, so that they have yeah. the major movie star play the supporting character, so they could cast the unknown guy, who, have, you know, of course, Christopher Reeves, to play Superman. So it's like, you. I don't understand why it's so difficult. Like, why you, Scarlett Johansson, or not, I mean, not even her, because, like, it's just her, but in these types of scenarios, just cast the celebrity to play the Someone friend, else, or the else, mom, or the sister, else. or the brother, you know, and then get the, the unknown actor if you want to make the star power yeah. thing. Like, how is that helping society at all if we're not even letting trans people play trans people? Right. Like, we want to talk about trans people, but we won't even include... But like we won't let... Like, we probably won't give a them single trans person behind or on screen. Like, right. Because it's like, okay, I, yes, please tell the story. But, like, you know... But like, at what cost? Right, like at what cost? Because it's like... exclude them. You know, something that I find a lot is that, like, even if you don't... Even, like, if you're not from the demographic that something is about or the perspective that something's being told from, like, you can tell when there's an when there's authenticity yeah. there. You ju it just reads better. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, if, if you're telling something authentically from whether it be the perspective of someone, a person of color, or the, you know, the female experience or trans experience or queer experience or whatever yeah. it is, you can always, there's just some, there's, you know, and I, gu I guess this just essence, goes to prove you know? how far behind the film industry really yeah, is because yeah. 2017 brought us our first, mm. you know, really blockbuster Her, female you know, superhero, superhero movie. And Wonder Woman. You know, Wonder Woman. And then it gave us Black Panther, Panther which yeah. is the first, you know, real African-American superhero movie to become a blockbuster on that, smash On that as level, well. because, there, you know, there had been other stuff before. Like, there had been superhero movies. Like, it's 2017 and now. Right, and just ugh. now people are like, oh, wait, people care about these things? Because they still think it's a financial risk, which is why when we're trying I, to tell stories well, like yeah, a women story, don't like it's like we're not, even, right. we're not even, like, doing it the, the right way. Right. It's because there's still, like, well, we need to make sure that, like, people are actually going to see it, so it's a financial Right, because it's well. the, right, it's the, the narrative that, oh, well, people in middle America only want to see Scarlett Johansson do it. They won't see it if she's not there. And 
to a certain extent, I understand where that comes from, even yeah. though I don't think that it's necessary. Yeah. Like, it's, it sucks that, like, that's a thing that has to be considered. Like, financial stability or financial success has to be such a high factor right, if we're trying to take, like, do an artistic, like, maybe low-budget movie about something important. But, like, you can't, like, you just can't sacrifice something like that. Like, you can't right. exclude no, you trans can't. people you because you're afraid you're not going to make money. Like, then, like, right, at that then, point, like, just <laughs> make a different great movie. Because yeah, like, there I'm are sorry, so, like, right, yeah. there's so many scripts that are great that aren't being produced that you could do for the same amount of money. Right. Um, but, like, also, you know, the, the, the film industry is a for-profit industry. Yeah. So if you're, you know, to the people who are writing the check for $10 million to make a film, to make a, you know, an indie $5 million, however much it costs, you know, they want to believe that, okay, if I'm going to put $5 million into this movie, that... I'm going to get that $5 million back because it's an investment. Yeah. It's not, it, which is different from example when we talk about like regional theater mm -hmm. or like th theater outside of like Broadway or national tours where it's, everything is structured as a nonprofit. So it's just, it's a different kind of, it's a different animal to kind of navigate. Right. So, but it's really just, the, it all ultimately comes down to the belief that Oh, if it doesn't have X, Y, and Z components, like it's a for, like literally like a formula where it's like okay, right. this is like I think there literally is like a formula of okay where it's like uh, actually it's very similar to like kind of like insurance where it's like okay if you have X and Y and Z and you know A B C then you will be valued at um, this and then okay, we yep. can spend this amount of money on yeah, it. Yeah, here's your allotted time for Right, and, and that's kind of what yeah. it all comes down to. But anyway, enough about Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> and the fucked up film industry <laughs> that we love so much. Uh, but yeah, Carly, let's, let's talk, talk about, about you. Yeah, let's, let's train. We've let's got an incredibly interesting guest here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's dive right into it. Um, Michael, I know, has some questions about your background. I know the story already. You know the story. You know, I know. We've got some history that we'll know, dive into I know. a little bit. That's suspicious. That's, it's not suspicious. It's just, um, yeah, it's not suspicious, I promise. I know, like, bits and pieces of this. The uh -huh. people listening probably don't know any of this. Uh -huh. So let's kind of tell a little bit of the, what's the, the Carly Spence origin story. So I know that you're from Cleveland, Ohio. Sure am. And you go to school with us here in Philadelphia. I do. Um, you come from a theater background, which is a little unusual because, like, I know, like, the two of us, we come from the more stereotypical, like, ah, in the family, and everybody plays soccer, and yes. then I'm like, I would like yeah. to sing. <laughs> and, um, I would like to sing. And they go, okay, I don't know anything about this, but, like, <laughs> sure. That's beautiful. You know, yeah. where it's, like, that's kind of the more story, but, like, you come from, like, this is, this is kind of it for you. It's true, yeah. Um, both my parents uh, are actors, directors. My mom's a playwright and uh -huh. a comedian. Um, she's the funniest person I know. Uh -huh. um, and my dad is the artistic director of uh, a regional theater in uh, Cleveland uh -huh. called Beck Center for the Arts. Um, and yeah, so he directs a lot of their main stage stuff, mm -hmm. uh, both plays and musicals. And so, uh, but yeah, the that theater Beck Center is kind of like they were married there. That's where uh -huh. they met. Oh wow! Um, they met doing a production of Assassins, which like if you, <laughs> I've told this story a lot of times, but this is the condensed version. Is that like basically my mom was out in like a little bit further deep into Ohio, and my dad, uh, not super long after he moved to Cleveland, was directing Assassins musical, uh -huh. um, which is now like one of my favorite musicals. 
Uh, and so my mom was like, oh, I should really go out for this. Like, I'd be a perfect squeaky. And so that's the only reason she really came out mm -hmm. to audition is because, like, she loved this show and she loved this musical. And that is how they met because she was cast. But it, the story got a little bit deeper when I came to uh, Philly to study musical theater is that um, we had one faculty member pass. And then uh, his replacement was someone who had been in the program but wasn't currently with the program um, named Charlie Gilbert. And I found out that it was the musical Assassin started with uh, the fact that Char it was Charlie's idea, this man who is now my professor, it was his idea to write a musical about all the different assassins and he put it in a, a festival that Sondheim was the judge of and that uh, <laughs> Sondheim basically said, uh, it, it did not win the festival and they were, he was like, but Sondheim uh, had someone contact Charlie or like contacted him himself saying like, hey, like uh, your musical didn't win because it wasn't great, but it's a great idea. So can I have it? Can I steal the idea? Can I just like write steal a better version it? of it? And he wrote a better version of it. And uh -huh. so that is the only reason that I came into existence. Because <laughs> if it weren't for assassins, my parents would have never met. But if it weren't for Charlie Gilbert's idea, there would be no, no assassins. assassins. And so I'm sitting and in his class one day and I'm thinking about how this man in front of me, <laughs> eight, hour, eight hour drive away from where I am from, Created like I would not exist if it weren't for this like this, this random. This well, man. But like, what <laughs> class was it? It was like music. Uh, it mus was music skills. Right. Like, so like you're our learning music about theory class. So you're learning <laughs> about like you know, this is a quarter note, and, and you're like, like this I'm man like, is the reason yes. I'm conceived. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like so, basically, that's the whole reason. But also, like, yeah, it it goes deeper than that. With uh, my parents are both theater professionals, but mm. um, my grandparents also met doing. Uh, what was theater. the musical? I'm not sure. It was, <laughs> I don't think it was a musical, but... Do you know the writer or the person who came up with the concept? <laughs> no, I, and is I'll this person who true. came up with the concept a, a teacher, teacher here? Yes. <laughs> well, Maybe. so one thing I think that's really important to mention here, and this is something that you and I have talked about yeah. a lot over the years, is that, you know, there have been times where you've been a little insecure about the fact that your parents yes. are... Yeah theater professionals yeah. because you've always you know there have been times that you felt like you are where you are because be of them because of who they are totally and i think it's important to mention that you're somebody who independently of your parents for the last three years is incredibly talented and is doing really well at school but i do want to know you know how do you think having a theater background that runs pretty deep helped to cultivate your talent and helped to, to really um, I do. I put a lot of the way that I am as a performer and like someone interested in like creating things and writing things and directing things mm -hmm. and like even just like kind of my sense of humor. I totally credit all of it to my mom. Yeah. I feel like if there was uh, another world, I mean, I know I do know a lot of people that both their parents are theater industry people or like pageant people or like if you grow up with two parents that are like that of uh -huh. any in any industry, you get really directly into that. But like. Growing up with my mom, my mom was writing like very liberal children's theater, oh, wow. which I was oh. in. My very first role ever as like a child was a beatnik uh, <laughs> elf. It was like a Christmas show that my mom wrote where I was an um, an elf who played the bongos and was a beatnik. Oh my god! And I like had my little beret on and I was like dressed in all black. And How I was, old like, were you when that happened? Six. Okay. Yeah. And so. Well, you um, started really young. Yeah. So you. Oh, were I like was doing classes when I was like three. And so okay. yeah, but it's it totally is that thing where it's like, I don't know, like my dad does the more conventional uh -huh. kind of uh, industrial theater like blockbuster musicals. And right. He directs Shrek or he's directing it soon. Right. And uh, 
And, like, that was great because for a while, like, that is really where I thought I was going. Like, uh-huh. I thought I, it was just, like, my goal was, like, Broadway musical. I'm going to be someone in Shrek. Like, I right. know, like <laughs> that is what I wanted. But, uh-huh. like, my mom always had the total opposite side where she was writing quirky things and uh-huh. and doing really, like, uh, she still does it. Like, right. she does... Uh, benefits as like a comedian for the AIDS task force and uh, like oh wow. stuff like that where it's like she's just not going by any guidelines uh-huh. and she only does the kind of stuff that she wants to do yeah. and she judges it so hard like she's always like like we'll go to see like like whatever kind of theater elsewhere like w- we went to see Godspell oh God. and then we were just like talking shit on fucking <laughs> Godspell because it's just like wh- and like it like the what's shitty about Godspell I love okay, other than the script oh is the script I shitty I mean the script is just the Bible I mean mind you I I've been called in it for so many times for the a little day more by day bitch little, and right, kill yeah. me if I ever do that I mean right. it's a great role it's great okay. um, I mean the, the music I mean I haven't seen that. it in years the music in that show there's a lot of beautiful music in it but it's just kind of very floaty of like Hey man, like yeah. Jesus. And this production was totally like that. We were just uh. like cracking up the whole time. And so I think that's really important because like I, I think it was important for me to have both kind of like both those sides of things. And like my mom will come see the quirky shit I'm in in Philadelphia oh where I'm like s- singing a song called Lesbian, Lesbian, Sex, Sex, Sex. <laughs> nice. Yes, you counted three when did sexes you do that? in the title. That was in White Girl in Danger oh, wow. by Michael R. Jackson. That's a hell of a title. Yeah. White Girl in Danger or Lesbian, Lesbian, Sex, Sex. Will I ever have the yeah. balls to write a song that's called that? But my yeah. mom famously plays lesbians. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. And yeah, no. And so she like posted on Facebook like, I just saw my... Uh, my daughter in a musical where she sang a song about lesbian sex, like the torch has been passed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're you're sitting here talking about that, and then it's like hitting me that I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I'm directing my senior thesis in December. It's true. I cast Carly in that show. <laughs> Carly's mom is going to come see that show. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh! Oh God! I I really can't blow it now. That's true. Oh God! Because the la- you know because you know she'll judge it. She'll judge it, but like also like that's what we do. You put things out in the world, and then people judge it. But like oh my God! Now I'm thinking, I'm just like you're you talking. You have to add a lesbian sex song for me, and you're gonna oh be fine. Oh my God! And then I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like oh God! Like Carly's mom is gonna come to my show. And like she might just like talk shit about uh, my choices. Except you know who'd be great in the role that I'm playing in that? My mom. Is it too late to recast? To recast? Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm great. sure uh, David and Amy would They'll be understand. totally okay totally. with me saying, "Hey, I need you to pay a professional actress to play a part <laughs> that we had already cast Carly in." Oh, and let's <laughs> put her up too, because she lives in Ohio. She so. lives in Ohio. Right, right. Like I, she can stay in the guest room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or she can sleep on the floor in my office I for. She's not staying with me, mom. Eight weeks <laughs> for yeah, eight. Yeah. Weeks, yeah. She, w- she might do it. Oh my God. <laughs> she, she would consider. So, being a child in the arts industry yeah. from the beginning, it got you thinking as a teenager oh, I need to start a business that's related to the arts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Carly's an entrepreneur. Oh, One thing I, didn't, uh, I didn't know that. What's, what's oh, the deal no, with what he's referring to is, and I think this is silly now because it's like, I don't know, like, this isn't even something I'm particularly interested in, but it was like, uh, I don't know. It was a good way to like use what I have. Cause it's like, I know a lot of people that like, they're good at like making art or making jewelry and they like can sell mm-hmm. it on Etsy or whatever. But it's like, it's kind of hard to do like being a performer. Right. It's, like, I don't want to do sell weddings. Like, I mean, actor. You can't yeah, yeah. sell being an actor on but, Etsy. But I, what I realized I was pretty good at cause I'm really good with kids and it was someone that recommended I do it, um, is doing like princess. Is this what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Princess party 
oh, things. Okay. So it's like de- dressing up as Disney characters. Uh-huh. Totally illegal. Oh, I yeah. I mean, like, you have to, <laughs> like, it's like you can't say it's Elsa. You have to be like, Snow, Snow Queen, Queen with the uh, braid. Hire her. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's such a funny industry. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, because like, that's a whole thing in itself the knockoff Disney princess birthday party. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And there's a whole industry. Um, like, I'll, I do know a lot of people that do it, but I was watching it and I was like, y'all are shitty at this. I'm like, you guys are ruining this These child's children. birthday because you don't look shit like Elsa. Right. I'm like, you ain't got <laughs> shit are, on Elsa. Who are your, who did you play I the most? Mostly, mostly me and some friends. I would like, I had, I had like a whole troop of people that uh-huh. I was like actively paying. Um, and like from pretty good costumes to uh, to mostly do Elsa and Anna okay. from Frozen, and then I did a lot of Ariel also. That makes sense. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah. So that w- it was pretty much those three. Uh huh. Um, but it, m- it was yeah, mostly those three were the ones that wanted mm-hmm. to get hired. Um, and it's it was really good money. Like that shit's yeah, good imagine. money because like you go to like. Rich suburban Cleveland, oh and they're God, just yeah, like throwing imagine. money at you to, to sing "Let It Go" to a karaoke track. I'm like, yes, but I. It started out with me doing it for another company in the area because they were like asking me to do it, uh-huh. and I was like being on up from Frozen a lot, yeah. and I was like listening to this Elsa sing. I'm like, this bitch cannot sing like <laughs> this. I'm like, you you don't sound like anything like Idina Menzel. <laughs> and but like you know, like I I thought it was important that like I was like there are so many better people. Who pay, you could pay actors by doing this, right? And like, I there's a secret. I don't really give a fuck about Disney. I kind of hate it actively. <laughs> oh, I'm wow. like really. I'm like I don't hate it. Hate it. Like whatever. But it's but a little like, bit of an. I'm eye not roll one of those of people that's like, oh my god, I love Disney. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, that's not me at all. Yeah. Like I really don't care about it. And I would have to like watch the movie to like go do uh-huh. it, so I could like know things. But yeah, I mean, like I like kids and I like doing that. And like I being with that bad company I'm like seeing that they're actively breaking kids dreams because it's like your wig's <laughs> falling off your head and oh. you can't sing and it's like you're you don't know what to say to them I'm like I know so many people that'd be good at this right so I like fully started mm-hmm. like a company and started oh, wow. and like yeah like was actively paying people and like we had like yeah, we, I learned to face paint oh. <laughs> and I I haven't done it in a long time Get but those somebody special skills. just asked me to do it. Oh, Someone really? threw a friend. Are you gonna yeah. Do it? And you know who also asked me to do it? One of our our professors Cesar offered to fly yes. me out to oh, Ohio really? to what? do it. Uh, <laughs> like crazy. like last summer or like last last summer or something. Uh, but I couldn't do it cuz I was in Billy Elliot. <laughs> oh right. I remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um yeah, so Someone just asked me to do it in September, and if uh-huh. I'm free, I'm like, I guess so. Sure. Because like, my Elsa dress looks slamming on me, so yeah. <laughs> might as well. So, so uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so you were doing that when you were a teenager, mm-hmm. and so, you know, you talked about it a few minutes ago about how, like, you were, like, in classes at three, and you yeah. did your first show at six, so were you always just, like in it and on it and like this is what I'm doing like yeah. from like day one. It, it was funny. As a child I definitely thought I was like some kind of superstar. Like I really thought that I was like basically famous and all my friends were like lucky to know me because like I'm an <laughs> actress. But I like didn't understand that the, like the, being Goldilocks Your at friends a are lucky theater, to know you. <laughs> but like I really thought that I was like gonna be some hot shit. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm honestly happy that I thought like that and I think it's because silly and when like you're, totally right, rude. Yeah. But but like it because why not? It if you're gave six. me some kind of crazy drive to like do it, do the most. Yeah, and so it's like I'd be like eight years old surfing for like cr- all these auditions and like 
you know, I did some commercials and I, I did some like smaller movies and then I, I ended up getting one pretty decent sized movie, um, which got me my IMDb page, which with, at one point Tilda? listed me as the seven millionth most popular actress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I that brought eight-year-old you down to earth. Right, yeah. and, right. then, and then when... In freshman year, Ethan and I ended up going on your IMDb and putting a bunch of shit. Terrible. Right. I had to go buy back the rights to my IMDb to delete that. <laughs> well, I had to pay for it. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, with uh, the going into the artistic or entertainment industry, yeah. there's like a few versions of the story. There's Definitely. there's like you where it's like I was put in from birth and I'm still going. Mm-hmm. Or there's like the you know, the speaking of uh, you know, you get. Gypsy, you yeah. know, like that story where it's like the. It's funny because my dad is directing Gypsy and it's on right. Now. They're doing it right now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the yep. child <laughs> thrust into it from birth, yes. who then grows to resent Correct. the whole thing, or thrust into it from birth, or like you know, the I was always in the shadow and yeah. then I became this whole other thing. And I'm a pretty girl, mama. I'm yeah. the, right, you know that thing, the 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 dance moms yes. type of thing, or you get a like John Bonet case, if you will. Right, yeah. that kind of craziness. Or you end up with, like, I didn't have a single connection in the world. Right. And, and now I'm a superstar, you know? Right, right. You know, yeah. so it it's usually kind of ends up being the one of a few select cases. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you ended up with one that yeah, was Yeah, I feel very lucky because there was a healthy. Where, like, I was... I would always have these dramatic little breakdowns when mm-hmm. it's like, I got, I'd be like, mom, we're sitting at like Applebee's and I'm like, mom, I can't go on. I can't, I'm quitting the industry because I got cast as the sour kangaroo and not Gertrude. <laughs> like that's the kind of <laughs> shit I would do. Or it's like, I don't know, like, like, I mean, I, I'm very happy where I am now, but I also uh. don't think I would be the kind of like person in the industry if I, as I am now uh-huh. if I didn't like not get cast as fucking Belle in right. at my high school because uh-huh. that's where it hurt the most is like right. I can be having all the success like I'm taking time off my sophomore year of high school to go shoot this movie like blah, right. blah, blah, I'm missing all the school and then it's like I'm I'm a napkin like I'm in a dancing be- napkin in Beauty and the, in Beast, the Beast at your and I'm crushed you right. know like I'm destroyed because uh-huh. I'm like I'm doing this. And You're doing this, this, all the stuff that other people aren't doing. Yeah, and, and like now still like, this brunette bitch is fucking Belle, yeah. and right. I'm like distraught about Did it. Did you go to a performing arts high school? No. Okay. okay. So that's why it hurt more. Yeah. Right. It's because it's like, it's like this it's is like just I'm some random so girl hard. who's going to go to the University of Cleveland and get a business Correct, major. Right. Yeah. And this is like your thing yeah. from birth. So yeah, there's always. A and it's like, yeah, so it's it's that kind of like, I don't know, but I do think that's healthy because like yeah. I didn't even get. Ca- I auditioned my senior year. We were doing. Um, Spelling Bee, uh-huh. I didn't even get cast. Oh, wow. I mean, I think it was because they asked, they were trying to get me to be Rona, and I really wanted to be, like, uh, Logan or uh-huh. Olive, and they wanted to, like, because I looked younger, and I was probably the, or I looked older, mm. and I was, like, probably the only person that could act kind of sing Rona. Right. But it's, like, still, it's, like, I didn't get it. Like, right. I didn't yeah. get it, and I thought that, like, me pulling, like, I'm a professional, like, I'm a senior in right. high school. Oh, like, yeah. I should be able to, like, you can cast some other person as Rona, uh-huh. and I want to be the, what I want to be. And right. they were, like, no. No. And that's valid. Like, that's it's valid. valid. <laughs> they have rights. It's their show. Yeah. They have the right and to kind of do like, whatever they want. So I was, like, pissed about it. But, but like, it's, like, I it, don't, yeah. Public high school theater is just such a thing. It like, is. You know, but like, it's, like, also, the girl they ended up casting as Rona, uh-huh. a perfect Rona. She's, right. And she's so, so talented. And, uh-huh. and like, Belle was great, too. Right. And, like, you know, the other silly girls were better dancers than me. Uh-huh. Like, it's, so it's that kind of shit where it's, like, it really hurt at the time. 
But, but then you look back now and yeah, you're like, and like oh, that's I was fair. Just being, and like that's you know? gonna be the life is like mm-hmm. I can go out for some like TV show and maybe they're gonna cast like a 19 year old that right. that's never been in anything and just right. like has rich parents or something. Yeah. You know? Rich parents or just like they found off the street right. and it's amazing. As much as you can think that it's like I'm a professional, even though I'm young, like I'm doing this, this and this, right. and I have this, this and this. It's like it doesn't mean shit even in your own like high school performing arts. Like right. it doesn't mean shit. And so I think that that was something good for me to learn uh-huh. coming uh, to school, coming yeah. to um, and college. L- and it's always, like, a whole thing. Like, they s- say that... I've heard from, like, multiple people that, like, the best thing an actor can do is at least one time be part of a casting process yeah. for yeah. a show. Because you just learn so much. Because, And, like, I know that, for me, over the course of, like, six weeks... Yeah. This year, like in uh, like over the course of like May and June, I was part of the casting process for three shows. Mm-hmm. One of them was you know my senior thesis, which you know I you got cast in, uh, and then another one was for uh, my friend show, which we did where we like reach out to people and had them email them and send in videos. Yeah, and then another one was at um, Azuka Theater down the street because I'm assisting directing there in the fall, and three very different process uh process processes um and it's just one of those things where sometimes you just someone walks in and you're like yeah and right. then sometimes somebody else walks in and they're like no like there was um someone at uh, an audition where they just had in they did theater in high school and yeah. then randomly got cast as something we got one understudy part at a theater company now at 30 was like the finance major or whatever you know and now and they were really good yeah um so like there's like those weird stories it's just something you have to accept that it's like there is no amount of perfect uh preparation there's no amount of um i did this and i've gotten this and this is me and i'm perfect for this it's like there is it I mean, that does matter, uh-huh. and you should be actively trying and, like, trying mm-hmm. to further yourself in every way you can, but it's, like, there's the other side of it where it's, like, sometimes you can't control anything. No, you can't, you because ultimately anything. sometimes people just yeah. have it. And, you know, I, something that, like, I've talked about sometimes with, like, actor friends of yeah. mine is that, like, you know, because sometimes people will get upset or complain, and I use complain literally or loosely, depending mm-hmm. on who we're talking about, yeah. about, like, <laughs> oh, like, this person just, like, cast their friends in the show, and, like, yes. blah, 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 yeah, blah. I hear that which, all the which time. is something that, you know, I'm sure, you, right, you said, like, I'm sure you hear that all the time, but also, it's, like, yeah, I'm, if I'm gonna cast a show, I'm gonna cast, if there's someone who I don't know versus someone that I do know, and that person I do know is really talented, really hardworking, really smart, and, like, I've had classes with them, and they're, like, on their shit, yeah. and I know that, okay, this person, I'm going to bring them in, and they're going to do a good job versus someone who I don't know. It's like, yeah, I might be more inclined yeah. to cast that person just because it's a comfort level, mm-hmm. and I we have a relationship with each other. Or even the opposite of that can be true, where it's like, if I don't, let's say I do know you, but I know of what uh, how you were doing these three other shows, mm-hmm. and like you never come to class, and you never do your work, and you always you know bullshit everything all the yeah. time, then it's like, well, why would I cast you? Why would I put you there right. if I don't, if I, 
worry about feeling, you know, supported in the room and if you're going to be there and be Correct. present. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of unfortunate. Fortunately and unfortunately, you know, it's like you're always auditioning for people. You're always present. But it's also just like there's, I guess, I don't know. I got to imagine there's some level of comfort to that because it's yeah. like. Just it's be amazing how interwoven the industry is with like personal right. relationships and like that is toxic to, to an extent mm -hmm. but also like it is real because it's like there's a lot of different levels of uh, I don't know there's a lot of different kinds of theater happening everywhere mm -hmm. and like there there is theater where it's like I'm going to put my friends in a room and we're going to devise something right. and like while that is just casting my friends, it's also like creating something, and so with people that you have relationships course, yeah, with and yeah. you trust, and like uh, that's just kind of how it is. Of course, yeah. There's uh, a lot of different ways to to get into the industry, but it's like there are also these things where it's like, I don't know. That's just um, like these are the, it's like a big spider web that you get caught somewhere in. Right, you know? and yeah. you just gotta kind of have to be smart and yeah. figure out a way to to make it all work and make Correct. it all kind of come together. Yeah, and you know, that you get, you know, all this stories of how, like, um, you, someone, you know, you meet something, you do something with one thing one yeah. time, and then three years later, right. all of a sudden, you're getting a phone call, and then, you, oh, and now I'm, you know, over here. Yeah, having friends in the industry and making friends out of the industry are both good. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of thing. Yeah. So, Carly, yeah. what are you working on now? Um, I'm... Deep in the process of uh, doing Shakespeare in the Park right now, so okay. and you're working on Twelfth Night, right? It's Twelfth Night, yeah. So we're doing um, it's with Shakespeare in Clark Park. If you are a Philly person, mm -hmm. uh, so Clark Park is this big open park, and there's like a space you call the bowl in it, where it's like every it's like the ground turns into a giant little bowl, and there's no trees. Oh, so that's, that's kind of the the grounds for um, Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they do it every year. Um, with uh, they rotate plays and they rotate uh, comedy versus tragedy, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, so we're doing um, Twelfth Night, and it's like a, <laughs> it's like a kind of David Bowie take on Twelfth Night. <laughs> oh, right up your alley. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's like they had because I, um, uh, yeah. So it's like instead of if you know Twelfth Night, mm -hmm. it's like that it starts with um, a shipwreck that that lands the the twins. But at first, you just see Viola uh -huh. um, on shore of like this country that she's not familiar with. But in our version, it's a spaceship that crashes. Amazing! And, oh, cool. and like I am the the captain of the spaceship, but I also like am uh, I'm the one Bowie? person who's in the <laughs> band too. Okay. So um, I'm playing bass the whole time. Oh, cool! The whole show, uh, and then uh, I play mandolin a few times too, uh -huh. which is just silly. But um, yeah. So it's like yeah. there's a there's a live band on stage at all times, uh -huh. um, and I'm like the the one person that does kind of um, the actor musician is like jumping it. back and forth between a few roles, and um, the band, which is sick. It's great. Yeah. And, and Fest Day, um, if you again if you're familiar with Twelfth Night, is like uh -huh. the the jester that kind of sings a lot and like okay. that do Gorsino because you know that's the show that's uh, if music be the food of love play on, and so music is a huge part of the plot. And um, especially for Feste, who is uh, who has a lot of like songs, you know, when you're reading a Shakespeare and it has just like stanzas of just song, and it's like Feste sings. And um, right, and because of Shakespeare, it's, like, what is it's the just song? the words. It's like, what's the song? Yeah. yeah so it, a lot of the process has been um, devising kind of these songs, not necessarily completely with those lyrics. Sometimes just jumping off of those lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, but it's we have 
I think four or five original songs based off of the the text. Yeah, cool. Um, but in a kind of 70s, 80s glam rock. Cool. Yeah. Sounds fun. Because like the thing that's always really cool and interesting about doing Shakespeare is that because I mean Shakespeare's so good, but it's so heightened and it's so like it's basically in another language. Yeah. I mean, people will argue whether it's you know theater people or like English teacher people uh-huh. will argue about well. I mean, like, it's in English, or, like, people who say, like, I mean, it's in another language, you yes. know? So it's kind of in this weird place where, like, and also, you know, it's 500 years old. Sure. Everyone's fucking dead. Yeah. So, like, it's all in the public domain. Like, uh-huh. you don't, you, you do, liberties. you can do whatever you want. Right. And, like, every, so, and especially since, like, uh, these shows get done all the time. Like, literally, last week, we interview, when we interviewed Dante Green, oh, he's also, also an a actor, music, actor and also an actor-musician. <laughs> also in doing a, Twelfth Night. In, in a, a different production of, <laughs> right, in a different production of Twelfth Night. So, you, there's a lot of kind of free reign to yeah. kind of do what you want and, with it and, and really produc- have a, yeah. This production is also, we, so we're, like, adding music in that is something that's, like, making it a little different, but also um, something that the director... Um, Jack set out to do with this the piece. This is Jack. Jack, um, <laughs> sorry, Jack, I'm forgetting your last name. Uh, Tam- Tambury. Oh, okay, Jack yeah, Tambury. yeah, I've met yeah. him a couple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's, he's great. Really, yeah, he's super he's cool. He's so great. And so they ha- they've all created this concept of um, playing with Viola's gender identity. Okay. Because that's kind of the concept of of the the text of the show is mm-hmm. that like. Viola is a girl, washes up on shore. She thinks she can't get a job, and she thinks she might be assaulted if she's dressed as a woman. Uh Um, So she kind of puts on a a male personality named Cesario and gets a job and, like, falls in love with Dugorsino, and that's, like, a whole, like, you can then question uh, Dugorsino's sexuality about about that. And so we have um, this amazing uh, actor, Pax Ressler, plays Viola, Uh um, and... uh, uh, so Viola Orsino, um, I don't know. I, I can't list it because a lot of the cast is played by gender-neutral actors. Uh-huh. Um, there's like a high trans presence on the the um, production team as well. Uh-huh. Um, and then it, there's just some some gender. I hate using gender like flipped or bent because that implies that like you can switch to the other, and that's not how it is. Uh, yeah. But it, um. Uh, like Sir Toby is played by an actress, mm-hmm. you know, and like not trying to hide that she's an actress, but they right. are playing the character male, right. and so it's kind of this huge gender fuck, I guess, yeah. of everything. But also, like in the room, and I think I already messed this up a little talking to you guys, is that we're trying to use kind of gender neutral pronouns for Viola, uh-huh. and at the end of the show, um, I think there's a line from Olivia that says, um, uh, "A sister, you are she," and then so now it's. Uh, that Olivia says, a sibling, you are, and that um, it's like a dot, 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 and Viola answers Z. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> so it's like a little cutesy, but it's also like, we can take this Shakespeare show. And like really yeah, kind of like, and, it's, you and know, like it's not, grab it's really it. Not that and different. I think that's the only text we actively changed. Right, it was we just that one little joke. We added some stuff from joke. other shows, uh, from other plays huh. for, for textual, uh, for, for context, I guess. Uh-huh. But yeah, so it's like, we've been doing that. And that's informed a lot of the music, um, yeah. written by Jess Conda and Liz cool. Atkinson. Nice, nice, uh, nice. Yeah, so it's been really cool. And then Jess Conda from, from Red R- Forty. <laughs> well, used to be in Red yes, Forty. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So is there is there any hip hop? Uh, no, it's. I mean, it's it's all real based on um, the glam rock. Based thing. on glam rock, yeah. Like we have, I my favorite song of it that they've written is um, this this last number, which and they'll they'll tell you straight up that it's. 
and I don't want to call it ripped off, but that's what they were saying of mm-hmm. uh, Five Years, the David Bowie song. And that's it's the first five one on. Years. It's da, the first da, one on da, Ziggy Stardust, da, da, da. right? Yeah, and um, and so like it's all like Z- like Ziggy is the huge like a huge inspiration for like the design of the show and everything. Yeah. But like David Bowie was a, a gender fucker, you right? Know? So <laughs> like, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and so it's the music is. It all feels you know it all cool. feels very tied in and yes. pretty organic. Yeah, where it's like. Yeah, like that that glam rock era was the first time we really really saw such outward. In your face, super uh, mainstream. Your face, yeah, mainstream uh, gender fluidity, mm-hmm. and like David Bowie, it's like no one can really speak on what um, his sexuality was because like there's a lot of like whatever who you ask, but right. like you can't deny that it's like he was going really far with costumes. Uh-huh. Like, he was singing like he uh, his lyrics implied a lot of things around right. gender spectrum and sexuality spectrum, and so it's really cool uh-huh. to to use him as an. I thought I loved the idea yeah. um, when auditioning. Yeah, really so cool. you're are you. Outside of the context of this play, what was kind of your relationship to Bowie? Um, I'm I'm a huge fan. Yeah, do you have what's your your favorite song album? (sighs) I mean, is there some? Is there Ziggy's my favorite album? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Is there something? Because I always feel like it's a weird thing to ask somebody. Like, okay, what's your top three? This, you know, know. but like, is there? I love rock and roll suicide. I love um, uh, Suffragette City, and Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite songs of all time is is. Space Oddity. Yeah. I mean, I also love Life on Mars, and I, like, do that song a lot. Um, but, yeah, uh, Space Oddity is, like, like, I remember hearing that song for the first time in my bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is back in Cleveland? In Cleveland. My bathroom yeah. in Cleveland when I, was, when I was pretty young. And, like, running downstairs to tell my mom about it. She's like, yeah, bitch, I didn't, you think I didn't know this? <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I remember being with my mom, weirdly enough, um, when he died, and mm-hmm. we were both just sitting on the floor sobbing. Yeah. I remember that too, and I yeah. remember texting you when I uh, found out about it. A lot that of people was texted me to to tell me, which was I was really fucked up about it because uh-huh. like I had just gotten off um, this plane or not plane, um, uh, this like twelve hour megabus because I wanted to audition for something in New York uh-huh. and then go back to Cleveland. I was like, oh yeah, megabus. It was twelve hours. <laughs> but I, the uh. day that I left was um, Bowie's birthday. Oh which wow, I think is January 9th. Um, and then a few days later, he died. And I remember... And he had just released he, Black Star. He had just released Black mm-hmm. Star. And he was doing Lazarus in New York before it um, was on West End. Uh-huh. And um, I just remember being weirdly so freaked out that I was, like, in the city with him when he was, like, dying. Because right. it was, like, only a few days, maybe a day after I got back. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he died within a few days of his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being really, like... Now, now had you listened to Black Star? Um, yeah, I had listened to Black Star. Uh-huh. Um, because th- there was like a three-day gap there where it, the yep. album came out well, and I well think it was two or three days later. Prof- it's just uh, professing his death. He's yeah, like, hey, he was telling everybody, hey, this is coming. Uh-huh. This is it, yeah. Yeah, it, I honestly consider that one of the most artistic, m- like one of my favorite artistic um, th- things to be, to be <laughs> as vague as I can be. Right. Um, it's, it's really yeah. amazing that that happened. Um, and then I got to... Like, the music's... I like it because uh-huh. it's Bowie. It's not my favorite Bowie, uh-huh. but like, what a what a life and what a career and like to be able to like release something that's basically saying like, hey, it's like, it's my time and like I love you yeah. all. And this is everything this I have is to say it. and goodbye. Yeah, and I kind of imagine that for you, just like as, as such a huge fan, like, yeah, listening to that is like birthday. Yep. listen to that. He dies. I didn't think anything of it when I listened to it, but right. Like, oh. And then like you know, I gotta imagine like that's just such a different experience. Yeah, because he had cancer. 
Yes. Right? Yeah. And was that public knowledge? Did we all no, know about it, that? No, it wasn't. I don't think so. I, I certainly didn't know. Because I was late to the Bowie train. So yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't that. start listening to Bowie till after he died. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't know. No, I, be- I believe no one, at least I didn't know, but I believe that people were, re- I mean, everyone was really surprised when it happened, but I, I do also believe that it was not public. Yeah, I believe it was not public knowledge. So what's it like for you to be doing this show? It's cool. It, it makes me feel really connected to it, especially because, like, I, you know, I write music, and it's like I'm, I'm doing a lot of music, and I listen uh, to a lot of music. Right. And I, I always have this part of me that loves Bowie and loves Queen, and, like, the, this is the music I, I grew up on and love it so much, but it's like I don't – that's not the music I write, and that is not the music I – I mean, I still listen to it, but uh-huh. it, I also, like – I listen to a lot of other things that like are right. more prominent now uh-huh. for for me, um, and it's been really cool because like I do have that side that of me that wants to, you know, like draw a little lightning bolt in my face and like yeah. puff up my hair, and and like do that. And so it's cool that I'm like in the process of like writing this music. I mean, I'm not really writing it, but it's like being uh-huh. in the pro- in the room of like playing people trying uh-huh. to basically tribute to David Bowie. Right. It's really, really cool. And like doing that kind of music is really exciting and, and brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't write that. Like right. I never, wh- why would I ever be playing that shit on bass? Because like, uh-huh. I'm, I'm yeah, like, why? Right. But now it's like, I have a great reason to do it. Um, and yeah. it, it found me and that's like very, very great. Yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky. So when can we see it? Um, we open the 25th and it runs until the 29th, I believe. 25th uh-huh. through the 29th. Yeah, and, and this it's is free in, in Shakespeare and Clark Park. And this is Clark Park, Philadelphia. Yes, Philly. Yes. Uh, All right, and then you're writing, which you're you were writing. just talking about. Yeah. But yeah. I want to, I mean, I yeah, want to know what are you writing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you working on? Um, the main two things I'm working on right now are I'm trying to. Um, What's well, actually exciting? I like just just um, got an offer for a space to start recording things um, and like someone to co-produce an album with me. So I'm very, very excited. Uh-huh. Where, where's that? Um, it's like, uh, it's, it's just in, uh, it's on South street. It's oh, like, a okay. just, I, I just kind of made friends with the people that own it. They have a, there are a couple that has a, a music store. Um, but downstairs it's like the most beautiful homey studio I've ever huh. seen and it's so comfortable I'll take you there yeah uh, yeah you'd love it yeah um, no, and I like go there all the time to like fi- they fix them all my shit and they I only go to them to buy music supplies even like they've saved my ass like I was doing um, a composer showcase in New York and I have this song that like needs trumpets needs trumpets and I could not find a singular trumpet player to uh-huh. and I want to I like need it to but I couldn't even find one um to, to go into New York with me or to, to get in New York. I didn't have the budget to, like, get a professional in New York City to right, do it for, yeah, like, yeah. this free little thing. But um, they saved my ass, and I was, like, I was like, what do you have that I could use? And um, they just had this box of kazoos. So I just had, like, <laughs> 20 of my friends doing... Uh, playing the kazoo, dual kazoo parts in, in a replacement of this, of that's this, amazing. Of, of two trumpet lines. Oh, you gotta love those like weird. And and that's yeah, what I did with the whole thing. Problem is that solving. I, I got stuff. a yeah. tiny, um, a little like toy glockenspiel, which is beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, and then this is like I just went like the everything on this is almost a toy route. Um, and it was cool. Like and now that's I might record two versions of that song. One with like actual horns and, um, one, and, with like and one with toys, <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, because it's it's silly, mm. but it's like the song is about like televangelism, kind oh, of. Oh wow, um, that's crazy. So nice. it, it it was almost really cool and and 
weird with the toys. So I think I'll, I think <laughs> the plan is that we're gonna do. Two That's versions. the bonus track version. Uh, right? yes, oh yeah, gotta love end. those bonus track yep. versions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also you gotta love a cool basement studio. Yes, That's oh, like it's super, beautiful. It's like. Oh. Just like all the weird carpets wall to wall, I'm like yeah. Yeah, no, I um, have done some recordings of yeah. various stuff up in uh, Astoria, over up in Queens, and like yeah, the place where I did that stuff was like in like uh, where all like in the houses, like the Queen, the Astoria version of like where we are now. And then it's just like you ring the buzzer and you yep. go downstairs and there's like this studio and it's like, oh my God, this is so I was recording some nice. stuff back in Cleveland uh. years ago. And like the first time that I was ever like spending a while in a recording studio, like doing music and not doing like voiceover was like honestly so profound. And like, cause uh-huh. like it's not like a, I don't know, like, I couldn't even find the place. Like, it was just this weird door. Uh-huh. And, like, at night, I had just gotten oh. off a bus. <laughs> like, like, and I was like, I could die here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was, like, cool. Like, it was really, really cool. They had a bathroom that was just, like, very broken. It was just plants and plants and plants everywhere. And I was like, I mean, yes. plants absorb sound. That's Like, true. carpet, yeah. right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, in a bathroom, maybe. In a bathroom, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So... You're writing music. You're writing a script as well, Yeah, right? not for that music, though. Um, right, separate, I, unrelated. I, I can't decide if I want it to ever have music. It kind of uh-huh. doesn't make sense, but we'll see. Good. Um, <laughs> but what's the script? What, so are, we, what are we writing about? It's, um, <laughs> I think I might need to define a term in order to talk about it with you guys. Right, um, that's what we're here for. We're defining we kn- things uh-huh, on uh-huh. the air. Do we know what incels are? No. Okay, so incel stands for involuntarily celibate. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but... um. So basically, there's this whole, how do I say, like, collection of people, angry, angry men online, um, and they have been banned. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh They have been banned from Reddit. They have been banned from, like, every public thing, except now they have their own website called incels.me. I am encouraging everyone listening to this to go to it, but only <laughs> if you can handle it because it's creepy. Like, it's terrifying, right. and, like, they get away with saying a lot of terrible things, and it's it's bad. Like, it's uh-huh. bad. And, but How it's did very, you find this? Um, I forget. I think it was because uh, um, someone was talking to me about there is there is a Reddit that is not banned yet, I think, or maybe they did get banned, but I think they came back, called MGTOW, which stands for Men Going Their Own Way. And it's kind of the same thing, but it's a more positive incel thing. Oh, my um, God. But basically, it's like incels are like... It's a bunch of men who yeah. are angry that women won't have yes. sex with them because they, they feel like they're it, entitled they, to yes. women having sex with them. Yes, and it's crazy. Yikes. It's their fault. We are upset because women are not having sex with us, and it's their and fault. It's, it, that, that page, incels.me, goes crazy deep. And it's dark because it's yeah. like they have all these codes for like terrible, terrible things. And like there have been... Um, some like self-proclaimed incels, one famously mm-hmm. um, named uh, Elliot Roger or Rogers, um, that like you might recognize that name because a few years ago this this guy just went on like a murder spree, uh-huh. and like it yeah, is I this really yeah, but he was like uh, the probably the most famous incel right, um, and so it's like you'll be on this website and it's like they're talking about like God like this and they have they they call all pretty girls um, Stacys. Um, and they call all, um, like, attractive men chads. Um, but it's also, like, the, those names have racial turns where it's, like, if it's a hot black guy, he's a, um, oh, God, I forget what it is, um, a Tyrone. 
Oh. It's like terrible. It's terrible shit. Or even worse, if you're a hot Asian girl, you're a Stacy Chang. No. Yeah. So no. it's just it's just the world's like. I'm so glad I spend my time on the internet. Yeah, just yeah. Like but it, so at it's clothes. obviously terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. Um, and they have codes that like I'm gonna go crazy like this. This Stacy like looked at me in the hall. Blah, blah blah blah. I think I might go ER on everyone and like that mean that's Elliot Roger. And so it's like. That's what they're saying is like, I'm gonna go on a murder spree because a girl didn't look at me, blah, blah, blah. And for some reason, I'm just totally fascinated by this and I spend a lot of my time it's on. It's a weird. And I couldn't, it made me feel sick <laughs> going on that because it's like reading about how I am hated by so many, just people. There are people that walk by me on the street, the, like these guys, if I pass them, because they're everywhere. Uh -huh. You can, you if you go online, there's like, Thousands of them. It shows you how many people are online. There's like thousands, uh -huh. and I'm sure they're not all like me who are just lurking. Like right. it shows you account names that are on, and it's like so many people. And so it's like we are. I'm sharing this world where it's like people are walking past me, and being like, "Fuck that, like, Stacy bitch, like, blah blah blah." Like. So this is something you actually experience. I mean, I yeah. As as a girl, it's like you always are meeting people. It's like. <laughs> incel like people, right? I don't even know. if like, they don't identify with the but like being I, part I, of the culture or aren't online. Maybe they do. Mentality. Like right. maybe there's so but there could be so many people I know that are on this website because it's like there was a, a thread on the on this website about um, uh, it's like a rape thread where they post pictures of themselves asking for advice on how to be more attractive. Oh, not to women, to, to each other. To like, they're guys asking, asking other. other guys yeah. how to be more attractive. And it's attractive. like they'll rate each other and be like, uh, "You gotta like, um, like, your chin is terrible, man. Like that's what's holding you back. You can't, you can't like. Oh. And being that short, you don't ever have a chance. Sorry, man. Like you better rope. Can't they just that's watch Queer Eye? Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like telling them to like, like trigger trigger warning, kill themselves. It's like, oh man. Yeah, and and so it's. I'm fascinated by this idea, and I felt <laughs> sick being fascinated by it. Because, uh -huh. like, this, these people are a direct threat to me. Right. Direct threat to me. They actively... Actively hate like, me. Actively hate because... Because I'm a, a girl. Uh-huh. And it's like, I'm, I don't know how to process that. And so I've been writing a piece um, just based on them mm -hmm. kind of interacting. Um, uh, I don't quite know where it's going, but I know that it's, like... Uh, it's kind of around the concept of what if, because they, incel means involuntarily celibate, right. is like, they, it seems like none of them even want to to lose their virginity anymore or like want to be with anyone anymore or get a girlfriend. Oh, so these are people who are, who have never had sex. Pro for the most part. There are Ooh. some people that are like, did once like, or whatever, but now it's like 20 years or it's like, a lot of them are teenagers. So it's like, it's a lot of like versions and everything, which is like, there's obviously nothing wrong with that, but it's like, mm -hmm. there's, a lot of this people who are like, of, of like that, I've yeah. never had sex and I'm entitled yeah, to having so sex. Yeah, so incel is like, if you're celibate, that's your choice. But incel is like, it's involuntary because like you I can't. It's the idea that you can't. Right. And, like, and I mean, that's got to yeah. be incredibly that's frustrating, like, but also how you course. deal with and it. And so that's why I'm really interested in these people because like, I understand that kind of like social pressure, pressure of, like, of like being at the bottom of the totem pole and uh -huh. people not finding you and attractive. Feeling, and feeling if, because if you're, a lot of them complain about being short. Uh -huh. It's like, that, I, I understand that like that's, that part of toxic masculinity that, like, not is going to Looking in the mirror you, and not seeing yourself as the yeah. textbook type and of guy who, like, women you know, would find yeah, attractive. So but yeah. also it's like, okay, well, becoming an incel isn't going to make things better. Is right. gonna, is it going to make but, your, you know... But in a way, and I'm not saying 
the incel community is good, but in a way, it's like they found each other and they <laughs> love they love each other. It's like they all know a lot of things about each other. The ones that post a lot, they're like, well, I know you live in Canada, so like, what are the, like, it's like they talk. These are their friends, and what I, the, I'm kind of exploring what the, what it would be like if someone who has delved deep into this community uh-huh. gets laid and is not. Because once you get laid, you're not supposed to be on there. Like, if you are an incel that, like, gets a girlfriend, you're not welcome anymore. Right. Like, you're not you're welcome. Because you're not an incel. Because you're not an incel. You're and, like, it's kind of one sex. thing if it's, like, oh, like, I had sex in high school, but now I'm 40 and I'm an incel now. It's, like, okay, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, they have... But if you... The rules are, are... If you're losing your virginity at 35 and then you have a girlfriend, you're, like, okay, you're... Like, congratulations. Right, you've but... Evolved. Right, yeah. And so it's, like, what... I almost think that, like... If that were to happen and someone were to get a girlfriend, that they love this community so much that they wouldn't want to leave and they would hide it. Yeah, I mean that that yeah. that that's was my play. instinct. Yeah. That's a play. That's, to explain I, that's it. the yeah. play. Yeah, that's, cool. that's trying to that's trying to what I'm trying to do. Nice. And how then I, and then how does the the person that they're having sex with react yeah, to I knowing that they belong to this? I don't even think I want to have that person as a, a character or a part of it. Only reference uh, to. So I think that my my dream of it is is that because I obviously don't want to have a bunch of. I don't want to have a cast of 12 men on stage because, like, I feel like we're past that theater-wise uh-huh. um, for the most part. But, like, I want, like, everyone to be playing. Like, I want, like, girls playing these men and uh-huh. I want, like, non-binary people playing these men. Right. And, like, so it's, like, I mean, and, like, I also want men playing the men. Like, you know? Um, and so I, like, what what does it look like in, in my dream production where it's, like, mm-hmm. just 12 guys with laptops like played by a bunch of different people, like mm-hmm. like having nothing to do with how the actual person looks, and like see how much like you can get from this person's anger, like wow. and and lonesomeness. That's crazy. Yeah. So long, I'm. Yeah. How long have you been working on it? Um, probably like two months now. Okay, so it's yeah. not super it's long. It's still like. It, yeah, I'm really still trying to figure out where. It, I just don't know how, how it ends. Um, it's really easy for me to write dialogue because I'm reading their it's dialogue right and in. it's. It's height. It's so heightened, just like you would think of in like a. It's so dramatic. Like that, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's almost like I feel like I need to make my writing more casual, but I'm so used because I like I love Annie Baker and I love the way she writes and uh-huh. everything. And so it's like I'm really I really want it to be uh, like nonchalant kind of wording, like how like real Annie Baker is, but it's also like the, read what they are posting. And this and is it's that it's, it's, it's so heightened. So, yeah. It's almost like modern Shakespeare. The, the words they use. And we're looping it all back around to Shakespeare. Yep, <laughs> the slang they've created and like this amazing circle of the, of it's so toxic and evil. Like it's evil, mm-hmm. but it's also like, it's they like you really almost care about each other and oh they really God. like, like finding it is both the unhealthiest and healthiest, healthiest thing, thing for them. Because it's yeah. like, I'm not alone, but then also but it's then like, it's they all just fuel each other. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm fascinated fascinated by by this community and I cannot cannot like I wake up in the middle of the night and I go on incels.me and you're you're writing about something that nobody else is writing about yeah, yeah. I've never mm-hmm. seen a play about I've that. never <laughs> heard of this oh yeah, yeah. I you should heard, look it up I, I knew vaguely that like this community existed but like but also that, that was a knowledge mic drop that this, just happened I'm also trying to and this is something I I thought of um <laughs> I don't know, like a month ago, but I'm I'm really trying to see if it's possible. I don't. I think it would be difficult to pull off. But I wanna ha- I wanna start a podcast where I'm talk. I'm just ta- I find an incel and who can t- and I wouldn't I would never name them or anything. Like I would have to meet up with them or I guess call them maybe. Uh-huh. And I just want to talk. I just want to talk. Like I just want to talk to you. Yeah. So, like I just want to understand. Like will you look me in the eye? 
someone you probably already hate and talk to me and tell me why you're like this. And like, I just want to know things. Right. And so I'm like, I might, I don't uh, know if that would Your dramaturg is going to have a oh, field man. day. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, that sounds so unsafe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And also like, how do you even contact that person? And like, would that person be down to come right. and talk But to also anyone, it's like, you can't me. tell, you know, you can't tell this person where you live, you know, or yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it it's like, and like, the question remains, like, how many of those are in this area? Right. Like, if I turned on incel Tinder to see how many were in the area, like, how many people would come up? Right. is it none, or is it so many? Right. Or is it, like, you know, is there 500 people within, like... It could be a 1,000. Like, it right. could be 1,000 people within the radius of, yep. like, your apartment. Yep. Yeah. Because it makes sense, because, like, these are the people that, like, you know, yell at you on the street, maybe, or these are the right. people that are, like quietly never talking to you uh-huh. but, but like you see at school sometimes like right maybe not at our school like i do feel like there's a lesser right because <laughs> it's of just that. a different environment <laughs> it is yeah. it is but um yeah i'm yeah. i'm very fascinated by this yeah. online community yeah because you sometimes end up in like this um bubble of like yourself and your friends and your family mm-hmm. and the people you know that you surround yourself with and th- you know, you kind of, because that's just what you're around, you kind of think, well, you you sometimes that's fall the under normal. the... Right, that's, that's the normal thing of, like, that's what everyone's like, yep. or this is what people are like, and then you're, like, reminded, oh, they have this whole other community of people who just think so radically differently, mm-hmm. you know? But they're everyone, too. It's like, right. I was looking at the politics, like, they talk about politics a lot, and it's like, there are Trump supporters, there are Bernie supporters, there are Hillary supporters. I'll, I mean, no, I don't think there are any actually Hillary supporters, but there are <laughs> liberal. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. makes that one. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there were any Hillary supporters in <laughs> 2016. <laughs> like, like, <but laughs> yeah, it's just like, right, it was the, the But it's like they, <laughs> they have a lot of different kinds of politics. And, and within that, they think, they, they talk about politics within their own community because uh-huh. there are some of them, a lot of them, that and y'all, y'all might not believe me on this, uh-huh. but believe that the government should um, provide you with either a girlfriend or provide you with free sex workers. Oh my! Wait a minute. A, a question because just came to me: Are there are there queer incels? Um. Uh. Yes, it's, I imagine but it's, it's just a very, different. They're not really. It's. I imagine that's just. I can't except, see but it I read this thread predatory. where it was like. Yeah, but I read this thread saying that, like, that some of them who identify as straight would are, are getting to the point where they're willing to, to try having sex like with having another sex with insult. A, a, a man <laughs> or, like, one of them. Yeah, and so it's, like, it's, which is one of the other fascinating things where it's, like, you just forced yourself to be open about this. <laughs> Even if you don't feel attracted to men, you... You want to have sex, and so you're so considering badly. it. Like you're considering it, and like in a way that's like sick because it's like you really think that like you have to degrade yourself yep. like that because that's how they talk about it sometimes. Right. But it's like you're also thinking about it. Like you're thinking about it. Right. And it's hard to talk about celibacy without talking about priests. Uh huh. Which you know that was a transition. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, and now right. onto our next <laughs> section of the interview. We talk <laughs> about the Catholic Church. <laughs> well, I don't even want to talk about the Catholic Church, but like. You know, when I have talked to people about whether or not priests should be allowed to be celibate, uh-huh. uh, one of the one of the common arguments is like, oh, if they were, if like, if priests were allowed to have sex with women, then they wouldn't be having sex with little boys. Like that's an argument uh, that I hear uh, regularly. Yeah. 
Um, I don't even know how to respond to that. I don't yeah. know, and, and I don't know how to respond to it like, either because, I, like, I don't, I don't think. Let's this do a study. Let's do a scientific <laughs> study. I'll I don't some, think yeah. that, like, I don't think that celibacy will turn you into a pedophile, but also, but you question, know, you're talking yeah. about people who are, you know, who identify as straight, who are, you know, like, open well, to the, to having sex with yeah. somebody of their gender, just, just to so they can some kind of, of sexual relationship with someone. Yeah, and it, and it does make you wonder. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I think it varies from person to person. I'm Probably sure varies from priest to priest. Right, and I'm sure <laughs> there's some, you know, behavioral psychologist yeah. who will write an amazing paper on that, and mm. then we can all not read it. Yeah, definitely it, but not. Say but say like, oh, definitely. <laughs> right. But it's, it's definitely an interesting question. I think that this community says a lot about people that don't even know that that community exists. Like, we've, you know, people that think they should be because they can't, find a way to have sex on their own and that thinking that that is a, a human right that you, that, that the government in the way that they provide toilet papers in public restroom should, should provide you with. with sex in some level, whether that's a literal giving you a girlfriend Friend. or or pr- giving you like waivers to go making making um, okay. sex work sex work Just sex work yeah uh, making sex work legal which is and they're all for that like that's and that's a liberal uh like stance uh-huh. like uh, like i also believe that sex work should be legal and and yeah regulated. if you're if you're but if also you i to. don't think that if you can't have sex the government, government should, should give you a voucher of like the food yeah. stamps of sex right no yeah. it's not something that you're entitled to it's yeah, not something that you the need that, to yeah live. they really think that that's the same kind of concept as food stamps <laughs> is like that if you sexual can't if stamps. you can't sexual food stamps <laughs> my Sex favorite stamps. band yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen listen if we didn't name the podcast just the name of the guest that epi- this episode would be called sexual, sexual food, food stamps. stamps that would yeah that would <laughs> I, well if if it'll get you to name this episode that i might legally change my name to sexual food, food stamps, stamps. <laughs> that, could be good. that could be good let's let's figure out what would need to happen in yeah, order yeah. to do that I'll, I'll start working on well it. if you're an incel and you're listening to this Please don't hurt people. But also, please contact me. I would like to. Start <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave Carly's uh, phone number yeah, yeah, yeah. and email in the and description of the episode. Social. social security number, credit card information. We've got about 15 minutes left. Um, and we did talk before the show saying that we were going to talk about Beatles. And there's no real smooth way to transition from it. incels to the Beatles, the Beatles. But like, you know. But like, let's talk about the Beatles. Because like, you two, <laughs> I mean, you two are the, uh, hardcore Beatles fans. Hardcore. And I am a. Beatles noob. And, okay, um, that's nice. I thought you were about to say you weren't a fan. <laughs> no, I hate them. No. <laughs> um, no, Michael, you know, we've we've lived together for a year, and yeah. I've made you listen to a lot of Beatles no, in a that lot of time. Beatles, yeah, yeah. No, the Beatles are great. Nothing mm-hmm. but but love. But there's just, like, it's just a group that, like, you can just go so deep with. It's yes, so true. hardcore for so long that, like... I'm like, you start yes, to question like, your own love for them. Right, where it's like... <laughs> it's true, that's where I'm at. I have... Right, where it's like, you know, I've listened to all the albums, and I, you know, have songs that I like, but I'm like, I'm not even... Like, I'm not going to call myself a Beatles fan because uh-huh. it's just, like, it's just that that fandom thing. Yes. In the same way that, like, I've seen all the Star Wars movies, but I refuse to, to yeah. allow oh. myself to say that I'm a Star Wars yeah. fan. Yeah. Just because that opens... Your, you know, you're opening yourself up to sure. so much. much. That's Yeah, that's a whole other Toxicity. can of worms that, yeah. like, I can talk for three hours on that. So, like, I, I know the other side of that with other things. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know... Um, the Beatle community seems to be a little more loving and supporting than the Star <laughs> Wars community, though. Well, that's because the Beatles aren't coming out with new music. True. That's <laughs> a good point. If the, be- if the Beatles were coming out 30 years later, we're coming out with new music, people would have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Um, this isn't the Beatles from the 60s. No shit. Um, <laughs> so I, I texted you last night, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, we are going to talk about whatever your favorite Beatle album is, mm-hmm. and what is it? And you told me Sgt. Pepper. I love Sgt. Pepper. Why? Don't we all? Well, right now. Okay, so I've, like, I grew up on the Beatles hardcore, like, even as a, like, a six-year-old in my, like, elementary, or how old are you in elementary school? I was probably, like, eight or nine. Like It's, like, six to 11, Maybe I it's think? six, Five. but it was, like, my first year of being at the elementary school. I was, like, singing. Oh, no, yeah, I was I think playing. six is when you start, like, kindergarten. Yeah, I was playing um, Beatles songs on the bongos, which is, as you know, <laughs> nice. not a pitched <laughs> instrument. So I was sitting on the stage in my little, like, velvet dress that I liked, just <laughs> hitting, hitting bongos in the rhythm of any Beatles song. I didn't pre-plan it. I just thought of them on the stage, and then I would be, like, I would just, like, look up at the audience and be, like, so um, guess what that was, <laughs> and then it would take a while, and then like oh you wouldn't m- sing along no <laughs> <laughs> no but I feel like that it be was a just game. like it was just like like I just be like I feel like there are certain songs it. that I would be able to identify right like I feel yeah. like that's like a game like tomorrow you could never knows I would know but like maybe I, but I'm but six also like could you <laughs> you know could like you? really like you, you really think, think that when like you're playing it and like uh-huh. you hear it in your head but <laughs> like like I feel like that could be a game that you play on the podcast where it's yeah, like yeah. you know let me tap out this rhythm what is it you know come together <laughs> we would know from the maybe like you think you would because but it's a, no it's one a hook in the audience did and it was it was it because I wasn't doing it well? Was it because you physically really can't pick that out out of the entire Beatles discography? Because, like, that's a game that I think everyone's played, where it's like, let me tap out yeah, yeah, the melody yeah. of the song. But I would just, like, I would stare up the audience and be like, well. Well. And then eventually it would be, like, my mom from the back being like, tomorrow never knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, these random And you'd be Beatles like, songs. no, that was actually because you yeah, guys didn't. I'm like, like, I'm like, mom. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. So, like, that's the kind of shit I was doing, but I was also, like, then the next year, I think I sang, uh, I sang Let It Be, and I, like, got a little, st- I th- <laughs> as the story goes, I think I got, like, a little standing O, and I, Yay. that was probably the start of me thinking that I was hot shit right. as a child. Looping it all back around yes, to the beginning yes. of the... So, it's, like, I, uh, yeah, but uh, talking about um, uh, Sgt. Pepper, it's, like, I'm, I've been so familiar with Beatles my whole life that uh-huh. it's, like... I just really now I just listen to the weird shit, and so it's like I want to listen to, uh, like the the quirkier songs, which like I also love the White Album. I uh. just hit the mic with my nose. I hope that <laughs> I hope that I, I didn't hear anything. Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay, um, maybe the audience heard something. Maybe, but uh, yeah. So Headbutt it's like the microphone. <laughs> but I like, I don't know. Like I always just am trying to find a new favorite one uh-huh. so I can like binge listen to it a bunch, which like for a lot of people is. You know, that's the more popular songs, but it's like now it's like I'm trying to find the little 40 second ones off of like White Album, uh-huh. or I'm trying to, I'm really like, I really love Rocky Raccoon. Uh. I really love Your Mother Should Know. That's not on Sgt. Pepper, but. Um, and you know, even getting into the weirder songs yeah. on Sgt. Pepper, you know, for me, I love the, I love the hits, obviously, yeah. but for me, like, you know, I, I went back and I listened to it last yeah. night, and it's been a month or so since I've listened to the record, and. The songs that really stood out to me were like getting better and yeah. fixing a hole. Fixing a hole is a brilliant, brilliantly composed song about weed. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know filling the cracks in a <laughs> colorful way. I'm like, yes. And um Lovely Rita. I love Rita. I, I re- and uh Good Morning, Good Morning. I couldn't help but notice 
Ringo on Good Morning, yeah. Good Morning just makes that song. Uh-huh. I mean, because all those signature, all those time signature changes, and he makes it feel so fluid. Uh huh. It's so it's so oh. choppy, but like I don't think that song could have existed without like an interesting. Yeah, yeah. and like transition. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I all of the great drummers that came post Beatles. You know, I. I was lucky enough, I, I got to play a couple shows and hang out with Liberty DeVito over the yeah. last few months. Um, and one thing that he mentioned to me was, oh, you know, I never took drum lessons. I I, I played to Sgt. Pepper, yeah. you know. I, he was saying, he, he said in an interview at one point that um, str- he wishes that he had had a chance to, like, he wishes that he had come up with the drum part of Strawberry Fields, and I couldn't <laughs> yeah. help and I couldn't help but notice listening back to the album last night. Just Ringo's playing is so simple. Yeah, it's he, so great. just, and it just Ringo. brings all of the music down to earth. Yeah, um, and I and I cu- I was so impressed. And then Good Morning, Good Morning. Yeah. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, what? Just Everyone happened? always wants to talk about how over their careers and over their discography that Lennon McCartney songs like grew and grew and grew. But it's like listen to like early Ringo is just like, I mean, obviously they were playing real 50 style, like cutesy kind of like things, but it's like, like George is like, like so musically adventurous. And yes. it shows in his son is also doing that. Like I believe his son, he his son's a great guitarist, but like I believe his son also plays sitar and like. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you like pass that along to him. You can kind of see it through, through him. Um, but yeah, fa- like fa- it's fascinating to watch. Um, Ringo and George. Because um, I know that because I know George was the one who really wanted to take the band into yes. a more Indian yeah. direction. So that's why we got within you without you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. Well, I mean, that was also just they were on acid all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and there's one. If you could, if you could pull up uh, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. There's one part of Sergeant Pepper that blew my mind last night, and it was there. It is. Um, you sang this for your audition, for the season audition, by the way, and Michael and I were both so, uh, we were both so, sh- I mean, we weren't surprised because it was you, yeah. but also, like, who's bringing this into an audition? That's really, that's really yeah, smart. who brings in being for the benefit of Mr. Kite? Like, can I see the iPad? Yeah, sure. Of real fire. In this way, Mr. K will challenge the world. What is that? It's just like this weird production thing that makes no sense at all. And like, I like to imagine the Beatles, I like to imagine them like sitting in a room, like they would always sit in like their girlfriend's basements. I mean, probably by this point they were not doing that so much, but they would. Like that's where they would go. They like they're talking, and he's like, "All right, so uh, this is uh, I, I like writing this song, and I think the middle part sounds like doodly doodly doodly." It's like how do you even like? And George Martin was like, "Okay, that? so yeah, we're gonna use, use this instrument, and it's gonna." I know. <sighs> yeah, there's um someone recently posted online a list of every instrument the Beatles use on every album and every song, and this one is like crazy. Like I I think I might have remembered. No, I don't think I don't know if it existed. When did it, when was a theremin invented? I have no idea. I don't know, but that shit, if, hey if no one's done a theremin <laughs> hey uh, well, cover Alexa. Of, of Mr. Kite, I'm really here for it. Yeah. My relationship with the Beatles is now very complicated just because we now know that they were complicated people. And yeah. Especially I mean, John, obviously. John, and yeah, you have a you have a very quite strong. the interesting relationship with John. Yeah. I just used to, for listeners at home, I used to have 
recurring dreams about John Lennon. And my first <laughs> memory as a human being on this earth uh, was being lifted up by my ribs to uh, see his broken, bloody glasses in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I'm from Cleveland. Uh, and that is like the first memory of my life. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, I like. And you and I, one time, I remember one time you and I smoked a bunch of weed and talked <laughs> about how you believe that you may have been John Lennon in your pre- no, in a previous life? No, I don't life? believe that. I, I, I buy it. I don't. I don't buy any shit like that. But <laughs> but um, there, there have been my, my friend who works with me who like is a ghosty guy and is like a, he's like a literal coven witch. Like he's That's amazing. amazing. Love you, Eric. Um, but he, <laughs> he was like sensing some shit like that and it's like, I don't know. But he, he also thought that maybe I was like, one of his girlfriends, which I don't really, want at yeah, all. No. <laughs> but, but like, I don't think. Hopefully, any, I don't you didn't get your ass that. kicked by yeah, John Lennon at one yeah. point. Yeah. So my relationship with the Beatles is very complicated because um, for a while it was like I this was a huge part of my personality. Like even getting into musical theater, like becoming an actor when I was younger, auditioning for things. It's like I would only sing Beatles. Like yeah. I would only sing Beatles until I was like twelve, and I started taking voice lessons, and they would give me Mr. Snow. And I'd be like, this is garbage. And like, love you, I, Rogers and Hammerstein. I don't know if I love you, but <laughs> I don't, I don't I think I love that. I definitely yeah, don't. Whatever. Really? I know, that's a different But it's like, yeah, it's like, you guys are like, oh, like you, you brought in Mr. Kite. I'm like, that's the shit I would have done when I was nine. And I'm yeah. very happy that I'm doing it again. Like, right. like I, that's all I've been doing. And I love the fact that you have sort of stayed true to yourself. As yeah, I think, that's, I think that's been, not to say that I'm successful, but it's like, that's why. I've become more comfortable with auditions. Uh-huh. It's because, like, I won't, I don't want to sing things I don't want to sing. And I'm not saying that I don't want to sing all musical theater because, like, there's some musical theater I love. Like, I love Assassins. I love Great Comet. Like, I love, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I am picky with it. And I uh-huh. do want a career in it still. But it's, like, that doesn't mean I'm, like, I would consider going in for Great Comet singing something from Tommy. Yeah. Right. Like, and not even the <laughs> specifically the Broadway version. Like, I don't know. It's, like, you have to... I think we as a an industry in like theater and and whether it's plays or musicals or what have you it's like auditions need you can't I don't know like we're accepting quirkier auditions now Good. like blah 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 and like I think that that's the only way I'm going to be comfortable in this mm-hmm. industry is like singing weird shit doing the Beatles and doing <laughs> Yeah Bally. but doing also Beatles, like you know them. what you were the only person I think who did that for those auditions? We well, saw right, because that's because Guys and Dolls was right. In the well, but like we saw 160 people in two days, yeah, and we saw um, 25 till there was use from the Music Man, yeah. Really? And yeah. I called every single one of them back. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, every single like, one. There's a place for you. Everyone, because right, because the musical was Guys and yeah, Dolls. Yeah, but you know who also does till there was you. The Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles do till there was you. Yeah, and. Uh, I think it was Dave Thomas who actually came in and did the Beatle arrangement on you, which was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we. Um, I mean, we're gonna have to wrap. We're at we're at an hour and a half now. Um, oh, look at that! Look at that! We just <laughs> crossed. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, we'd love to have you come back on the show. Mm-hmm. As, as you know, once this uh, once this incel musical or incel play. Yeah happen please come back yeah yeah because I, I, I feel like any of the things that we talked about today we could have talked about for like three hours it's true yeah it's, and like, it's hard to get me and, off topics and this <laughs> thing like 
like this has ended up being so much, both equally as weird and so much weirder than I expected to be. Because we well, just, if like, we're talking about art, we better get deep into the insult right. shit. That, like, <laughs> Absolutely. Like, but like, we just went in like twenty five different directions yeah. with like where everything was going, and it was yeah. like super like. Well, I was at the point where I was like, if we're gonna talk about Shakespeare, it's like we better not just be talking about Shakespeare. We better also be talking about, about gender in it or music <laughs> in it. And or right, but like, and whatever. everything kind of tied together because yeah. like you're doing your play, and then we you know spent like probably too long talking about Scarlett Johansson at the beginning and like <laughs> those issues there's there well. so much to unpack there and that's like super current and then yeah yeah Bowie and the Beatles and Shakespeare and musicals right. and Disney princesses oh and god I forgot we talked about that everyone forget about that <laughs> <laughs> or go back and listen to Edited it all again it cut it out just put a big beep over that section <laughs> <laughs> just one long yeah. <laughs> beep we won't even cut it out we'll just make everyone listen to the beep for right. the Disney right but I want you to pick out words of mine that sounds like I'm saying something dumb, <laughs> like to stop the beeps where I'm like. I just want I just want it to be beep, and then you can't sing this for shit. And then <laughs> <back to> <laughs> That's um, how I feel. Well, look, thank you so much for yeah, coming this by, was Carly. awesome. Thank, thank you, you for, for coming me. by. Thank you for being part of episode two. Of course. So a great number. That's the episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. For those of you who listened all the way through, uh, for those of you who didn't listen all the way through, we still love you because you gave us some attention, and that's always great. This episode is available, as well as all of our episodes, are available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast, and you can follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Uh, is there anything I'm forgetting? Uh, you be sure to tune in next week. Yeah, we're, next Tuesday. We'll be releasing again next Tuesday. Uh, we're not going to reveal our guest this time. No, we're going to be. We're going to try something new. We're going to try being mysterious. So we'll re- announce our next guest like right before the episode airs next week on uh, the social media things. So uh, again, thank you for listening. Thank you, Carly. Thank you. All right, let's uh, sign off. All right, bye, Bye. guys.